AM 600 Caviar, BQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you for another edition of Life Imagine with Dr. William Summers here for a wonderful Saturday afternoon. As always, the doctor is in this week. This is a recorded show, so make sure that you're aware of that. But you're welcome to go ahead and text in directly. 505-550-5500. That's 550-5500. Dr. Summers, good morning to you. How are you, sir? Yes, and what a beautiful Valentine's Day weekend. I mean, just amazing. Masks are coming off all over the country. Isn't it an amazing thing? Even in blue states. Except but New Mexico. In New Mexico. That's right. Because we don't know what science is in New Mexico. We just have two national labs and a bunch of scientists, but... We follow the science, don't we? There we go. We're following the science, uh, Dr. Summers. That's what, was what we're that doing. What was that that uh, Dr. Scrace was uh, saying that he thought was an article? of? Yeah, he went to the CDC, pulled some information, and didn't do a really deep dive on it. And uh, lo and behold, we read that yesterday, and we're like, okay, well, he hasn't even read any of this stuff because uh, all this stuff is just completely and totally false. But, uh, hey... You know what? We're here nonetheless. Uh, we continue to unmask at every turn that we possibly can, wherever we go, whatever we do. This all ends when we say no. Right, Dr. Summers? And as uh, you know and have seen, uh, people who have worn masks have actually uh, died directly from viral pneumonia, which they've been unable to rid themselves of because of uh, that pneumonia that they keep circulating in their lungs. Yeah, and chronic hypercapnia that is rebreathing your carbon dioxide is not good for your health, folks. Uh, but uh, we got a quick, you know, you know, quips and quotes. And I wanted to quote, since we're coming up on uh, President's uh, Weekend, uh, as well as Valentine's in the near future, uh, a famous uh, president, uh, Thomas Jefferson, who said, Rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God. Worth repeating, rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God. So my question is, why is the Canadian trucker doing the job of the American patriot? I don't quite understand that, but I'm grateful for our Canadian truckers. Another quote from Thomas Jefferson, when people fear the government, there is tyranny. But when the government fears the people, there is liberty. And finally, a quick word from George Patton, better to fight for something than to live for nothing. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> That's good. All right, don't forget, folks, in these troubled times. Remember, fear is a reaction and courage is a decision. And Please the purpose of this show courage. is? The purpose of the show is to educate and empower you, the listener. And to that I say, I majorum de gloriam to the greater glory of God. Ah, it's political season, Eddie, political season. Yeah, it uh, certainly is. All right, uh, folks, you can get your memory vitalizer and your life imagined at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belander and Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, Moses Country Store, 4th on 4th Street, Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso, you can also go to memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or order direct, 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Let's talk about uh, a plug here for Albuquerque Neuroscience, Dr. Summers. Absolutely. My uh, part-time job that I do with my spare time. We have two studies uh, that I wanted to tell the folks about. First is 
finishing up a depression study we've had over there at Albuquerque Neuroscience uh, for a couple of years now. And it's using a very active antidepressant against placebo. We still have a few slots to fill there as we finish that study out, but we also have some studies for people with memory issues uh, between the ages of 50 and 87. And you call uh, 505-848-3773, 3773 And if you have some uh, memory issues of greater than six months duration, you're between 50 and 87. There are two studies over there to look into, could it be Alzheimer's? And two new drugs that, in my opinion, show great promise to actually be beneficial to Alzheimer's folks. And that's quite a change in that field because for 30, 40 years now, they've been running down, uh, you know, uh, blind end alleys. And now I think they've actually seen the light and they're uh, putting forth drugs that I think have great promise. So give them a call, 505-848-3773 at Albuquerque Neurosciences. There you go. All right, uh, folks, uh, let's get into the show, shall we? 550 yeah. if you want to go ahead and uh, text in. Let's get into some health hacks, yeah. Dr. Summers. How and do I, bunions occur? Right. Now, I want to do one quick shout-out for Mary Martinez, a young lady of my acquaintance who is running for Torrance County Magistrate Judge, and she is a logical woman who makes sense. She has three opponents that I don't think make sense. So if you're in Torrance County, think to vote for Mary Martinez at the next election. Okay, health hacks, bunions. My goodness, what is a bunion? Well, it's a hard bump at the base of the big toe. Oftentimes, that forces the toe to slightly overlap on the adjacent toe. Now, the scientific term for bunions is hallux vulgus, and indeed, they, a lot of folks consider them kind of vulgar. And they develop uh, structural problems at the joint of the big toe. And that creates all kinds of difficulties and a lot of pain. Now, what's the cause? Well, there's several apparent reasons. Probably the most uh, important one is people who wear shoes that are just too tight. I mean, they have a vanity, oh, I, I can't wear a size 9 shoe. My size is a size 8, and so they unwisely jam their foot into a shoe that's too small and start cramming those bones together, and that stimulates strange growth of the bones. But also flat feet, high arches, having a two-rounded metatarsal head, whatever that is, of the big toe, can be a cause of a bunion. So it comes down to genetics and some forms of arthritis and bad habits of wearing ill-fitted shoes. Okay, I mean, I remember uh, there, there are uh, some people who are just blessed that they can wear the wrong type of shoe and the wrong size, stay on their feet most of the day, and never develop bunions, those lucky people. I remember a number of years ago, I had a patient who was a gangster mall who was on witness protection. And this young lady, uh, probably in her mid-30s or so at the time, had never worn anything but high heel shoes, in fact, super high heel. 
and her legs had so contracted that it became painful to walk in her bare feet and she couldn't wear flat shoes. So you got to be careful because the body is plastic. It will mold to the pressures that you put on it. Now, general treatments for bunions, which are painful, is ice therapy. Another good thing is roomier shoes. And shoe inserts, orthotics, are being sold for this. And they're also over-the-counter pain relievers to reduce the pain. But a very good way to approach it is, if you're able to, try to maintain a healthy weight. And protect pressure from occurring at the bunion, either with moleskins or gel pads. You have, well, there are splints available to put on your toe and straighten it out during sleeping hours. But if you are a person with bunions and you like to go out for walks, when you get finished, Epsom salt soak followed by an ice pack. There are also whirlpools and ultrasound and massage. But in the end, it comes down to surgery. But I think the first surgery should be on your shoe. Make sure your shoes fit right. Cut them out if they don't. But in terms of surgery to relieve the uh, chronic pain, there are several different approaches. The uh, most traditional one is to cut and remove the offending part of the bone. Or you can fuse bones together, and the two primary areas where they do that is the big toe joint, or further down where the metatarsal meets the midfoot. And these days we have the brand new artificial joint implant. Now it's similar to the uh, knee implant or the uh, brand new hips that we're issuing these days to folks who are becoming more and more bionic. But there is a procedure where you can take out small pieces of bone and bone spurs to prepare an area for a brand new joint, uh, artificial joint, in the same fashion as knee replacements and hip replacements. Uh, This may be a solution, but it's at the bottom of the extreme. Folks, if you don't have comfortable shoes on, get a new pair of shoes. It's worth the investment. Mm. Dr. Summers, uh, bunions, problem solved, general treatments, and all that. How about a COVID-19 update there, Dr. Summers? Yeah, COVID-19, I just get tired of of looking at COVID. I mean, it's been so dominant in the news cycle for two and a half years, Eddie. It's like nothing else ever happened before COVID came to us in the uh, spring of 2020. Amazing. Uh, And, of course, I like to point out, vaccinated or unvaccinated, who are the super spreaders? And the authorities seem to say it's the unvaccinated folks who are causing disease in the community. But in actual fact, it's probably the vaccinated folks. We now know that getting vaccinated doesn't prevent the illness. It alters it to some extent. As a matter of fact, the Omegod variant is an outcropping of someone who got Omicron on top of their vaccine. And when you get vaccinated, really what happens is you have the same viral load as the unvaccinated person. You shed particles the same as the unvaccinated person, but your symptoms are a little bit less. And so you're busy spreading the vaccine or spreading the germs, the COVID, 
uh, and not really knowing that you are typhoid Mary. It turns out, therefore, the vaccinated folks are the super spreaders. So if you know vaccinated folks, give them a wide berth. And if they're smug about being vaccinated, you might point out that they're the super spreaders of COVID-19. A question that keeps coming up and people keep asking me about is, when is someone contagious from COVID-19? And the answer is mystical because you start being infectious two days before any symptoms. And you continue to be infectious for about three or four days after the onset of symptoms. And yet we uh, recommend isolating. First, you're isolating 14 days, but the current recommendation is around five days. Now, I, uh, in preparation for the show today, uh, did a deep dive into the Babylon Bee. And I got a list of COVID treatments that Dr. Fauci does not approve of. And these are interesting. Eddie, Eddie uh, Dr. Fauci does not approve of drinking plenty of water because you know what else drinks water? What? Horses. And horses rhyme with ivermectin, which, hire, yes. which rhymes with cure. <laughs> and you wouldn't want to be curing things. Dr. Fauci wouldn't like that. So don't drink water, folks. It's not approved by your CDC. Or how about spending some time in the warm and pleasant sun when there is some and getting some of that vitamin D? Now, per Dr. Fauci, that's bad, that's bad. You better get inside right now because more vitamin D, less of a reason for him to be in front of a camera. Or how about improving your health by going to the gym? Stop fat shaming going to the gym. Perhaps, uh, you know, if you exercise, it might exacerbate your myocarditis from the, uh, the vaccine that you got. Well, what about monoclonal antibodies? Not approved by Dr. Fauci. No, 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 because Donald Trump got monoclonal antibodies. And we all know he's a right-wing Nazi. So if you got monoclonal antibodies, Dr. Fauci thinks you may become a right-wing Nazi. So be careful about that. Or how about laughter? It turns out, according to Fauci and the CDC, laughter is not your best medicine. So stop laughing, folks. It's probably bad for you. Or how about a meaningful life surrounded by friends and family? Well, COVID splits up families. They don't let you visit the sick relative in the hospital. And it turns out that people who live by a uh, happy life with friends and family are 3,287.1 times more likely not to look to their government for answers. How sad. Everybody's supposed to look to the government for answers and see what Dr. Fauci said today. Is that not right? I can't do anything without <laughs> consulting Dr. Fauci in the morning. Absolutely. And what about early treatment, which was the original plan that the CDC and the Institutes of Health had under Dr. under actually uh, President Trump until uh, the bureaucrats and Dr. Fauci got their hands on it. Now we understand that early treatment is a dangerous conspiracy theory by enemies of Pfizer. Please avoid. We would not want to be enemies of Pfizer. And again, if you eat vegetables, well, who else eats vegetables? Horses, right? 
which leads to ivermectin, which leads to cures, and we know that's not a good thing to do. And back to the science, we're up to at least eight jabs now to achieve robust immunity. But in the end, what are you becoming immune to, yourself? And isn't a myocarditis immunity to yourself, not the virus? So be cautious out there, folks. Try to stay healthy and, uh, you know, uh, try to stay out of the hospitals. They're dangerous places. Don't forget, uh, you cannot transfer COVID unless you are symptomatic. Uh, Don't forget that as well. By the way, folks, you can get your memory revitalizer and your life imagined uh, uh, directly at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, Moses Country Store, Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest. You can also go to Care Drug and Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso, MemoryVitalizer.net, LifeLink.com, or order direct 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Let's talk about uh, Paxlovid, uh, Dr. Summer. <laughs> Paxlovid is the uh, Pfizer-Mectin. And uh, for a mere five to $700, you can get the same wonderful outcome you would have gotten with $20 worth of ivermectin. Except for now, with the demand for ivermectin, the price of ivermectin, I understand, has gone up to around $200 out there for a course of treatment. Sad to see what's happened here. I mean, uh, the government is still sitting on a boatload of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, waiting for that emergency circumstance where they might need to release it. But in the meantime, what they will be releasing is Malnupavar, which is Merkmectin, and Paxlovid, which is Pfizermectin. And again, for I understand, five to $700 per course of treatment. Oof. And at the same time, they're releasing propaganda against ivermectin, saying that there's no evidence it works. No, just 65 peer-reviewed studies. Just a clear contrast in India between one state of India that used it, went door-to-door and handed it out, and had virtually no casualties from COVID versus the next state over where they didn't give out ivermectin and they lost millions of people. Yeah, so propaganda against ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine is, it's out there, and it's very sad to see your government wants to do you in. Oh, boy. Well, we had a listener request that we uh, talk about sleep apnea. Yeah, this is a big one, uh, Dr. Summers. I think a lot of people don't know that they have it, and it can be extremely debilitating. Uh, people who have sleep apnea should also understand that they have a heart condition as well. I think that's a big thing. How true is that? Yeah, uh, this came on to the scene around the year 2000. There were some respiratory guys that stumbled across this. Actually, it's known in the medical literature since uh, the early uh, 1900s. In the old days, it was accredited to being overweight, and it was called Pickwickian syndrome. And they did associate it with poor mentation and cardiac issues and obesity. But sleep apnea is the byword these days. And it's a sleep disorder in which pauses in breathing or shallow breathing occurs during sleep more often than should be, quote, normal. 
And each pause can go for a few seconds to actually a few minutes long, and it happens many times a night. Now, the most common form, then, after one recovers breathing, there's a loud snoring noise that wakes up neighbors three blocks away. And this may be followed by choking or snorting as the breathing resumes. And because the disorder disrupts normal sleep, those people the next day feel extreme sleepiness and tired all day. They just don't get rested. Now, there are two flavors of sleep apnea. The first is obstructive sleep apnea. (coughs) And the obstructive form actually comes from anatomical compromises, such as narrowing or crowding or a collapsible airway in the upper part, in other words, around the pharynx, the back of the mouth, and non-anatomical ones. And that would include what's called central sleep apnea, and that's where the brain uh, unconsciously makes uh, breathing stop until hypercapnia, in other words, the CO2 builds up in the system and then the brain wakes up and, uh, you know, there's a huge snore and you start breathing rapidly to get the oxygen levels back up. So, in the central sleep apnea, the neurological controls are what's wrong. And those can lead to really profound levels of hypoxemia as well as excessive uh, buildup of uh, carbon dioxide. Or you could be silly and wear your mask to bed to protect you from COVID-19. What are the risk factors for sleep apnea? Overweight is the number one. Second is a family history of the condition. Also, multiple allergies and enlarged tonsils. And as Eddie said, uh, people with sleep apnea can be unaware they have the condition. Although if they have uh, bedmates, uh, the bedmates will complain of the snoring the next day. Now, many cases of sleep apnea are actually first observed by the family member. And it is diagnosed by so-called sleep studies. Now, to have the diagnosis of sleep apnea, there need to be five episodes or more per hour where your, your breathing uh, stops or uh, becomes irregular. And it turns out that one out of ten people in the United States have sleep apnea and that men have it twice as often as women. Complications are said to be quite severe. And this is used to fan the flames of excitement about sleep apnea because it's uh, supposedly associated with heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, heart failure, irregular heartbeat, further obesity, motor vehicle collisions, uh, you're not supposed to sleep while you're driving, Alzheimer's disease, and premature death. And if that isn't, that list is supposed to scare you into running down to uh, your local sleep study center and getting your very own CPAP machine. Now, my take on this thing is a little bit uh, skeptical, I'm afraid. A number of years ago, I happened to notice whenever I would send somebody for a sleep study, based on the fact that they were chubby, 
Uh, 100% of the time, I mean, almost without fail, they'd come back with their very own CPAP machine, which they named Herman or Fred or some other name, and they would struggle to put the mask on, and uh, their wife would move into another room and uh, treat them like they were lepers. And it broke up a lot of, uh, a lot of good relationships, it seemed. And I got a little bit suspicious of it because, frankly, nothing is 100%. And yet, any time I'd send somebody for a study, they would come back with recommendation for a machine. So, Dr. Summers, let me ask you very quickly. Um, and I've noticed this with uh, people who have sleep apnea. They're almost always overweight. Yes. Why, why is that? Why do people who have sleep apnea, why are they just overweight? Well, what happens is you reset, or what we believe to happen is you reset the appetite centers in the uh, hypothalamus and then in the thalamus, and it also changes metabolic rate. So as a consequence, you seek more food, you don't metabolize it well, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Uh, I've gotten, though, to where, Eddie, if the wife or the, the sleep partner is not saying there's some periods of actual lack of breathing or snoring, I get a little bit suspicious about uh, whether there actually is sleep apnea. Now, solutions for it is try to lose weight, which is a struggle. Stop smoking if you're a smoker. Sleep on your side, not on your back or your stomach. And, of course, the uh, ever-popular machine is uh, the first-line defense. But let's go back to the, uh, the dire warnings of heart attack, stroke, and death. The American Sleep Apnea Association says 38,000 people die from heart disease associated with their sleep apnea. That's an impressive number, Eddie. That's about it, that's, how many... Uh, that's, that's gigantic. Yeah, that's about the number you were, of You were understating that. <laughs> yeah, that's about the number of people who uh, die in automobile accidents in the United States. But let's put it into a further comparison. The number of people in the United States who die of sudden death, which is said to be cardiac, turns out to be almost 700,000 people, 696,000 people two years ago. So if we said 38,000 of those were sleep apnea associated, sleep apnea is only 5.5% of cardiac deaths. So it's a problem, but there are bigger problems such as diabetes, such as uh, coronary artery disease, high blood pressure. Those things are more easily treated and one should pay attention to those and solve those problems. But sleep apnea is indeed a problem. Is it as huge as their proponents say? I seriously doubt it, Eddie. I really do. Now, there are some surgical procedures to help it. And one of them is rather uh, radical. You go back in the throat, you cut out the tonsils, the uvula. That's a little thing dangling down in the middle of the back of your mouth. Uh, and then you sew everything back up, and uh, you can uh, actually put little uh, almost plastic toothpicks in the soft palate to hold it up so it doesn't collapse back there. All of these things are surgical approaches to sleep apnea, and um, frankly, they're, they're really sort of at the extreme end of things. But I think the main thing on sleep apnea is be a little cautious about the diagnosis. 
I would uh, depend upon the clinical confirmation of a sleepmate saying you're actually snoring or you stop breathing at times during your sleep. And the approach to it, always use the most conservative approach, such as losing weight, increasing exercise, uh, going to your dentist and getting some of their handy-dandy oral splints, a thing called a mandibular advancement splint, which is a custom-made mouthpiece that shifts the lower jaw forward. Opening up the airway is another uh, less radical way to, to approach the problem. And in the end, you can use a thing called neurostimulation. We now have little electronic devices that go down, and you can sort of insert them under the skin, and they electronically pace the diaphragm uh, with electrical impulses that sort of treat the central sleep apnea by automatically uh, creating breathing events. In a fashion similar to a cardiac pacemaker, this is a uh, respiratory pacemaker that, uh, you know, sets off the breathing mechanism by a small microcurrent to the diaphragm of the lungs. Wow. So that's my bit on sleep apnea. Do you mind if we uh, segue into uh, a little current event this week? Oh, Uh, please do. I think it'd be important for us incumbent upon us being a political station that also has some healthcare information to talk about one Ben Ray Lujan. Yes, Ben Ray got his uh, <laughs> vaccine and promptly had a stroke. All um, right, so talk about that aspect first. Well, uh, it turns out that the COVID virus, the spike proteins, uh, goes to receptors throughout the vascular system. Uh, ACE receptors, and somehow or another that promotes clots being formed throughout the system. In fact, you'll see that after uh, a bout of COVID itself, in fact, 15% of people who get COVID and are not aggressively treated early on. Now, my spoof from the Babylon Bee, my recommendation is exactly the opposite of the Babylon Bee. You be very aggressive if you get the uh, COVID. You treat it early, you treat it very aggressively. Go ahead and use your hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin, the stuff that the CDC is uh, falsely saying doesn't work. Again, the ivermectin, 65 peer review studies saying it does work and the hydroxychloroquine up to over 150 peer review studies saying that works against uh, the COVID-19 and if you don't treat it 15% of people will get the carditis but the problem is with the vaccine it will also create carditis and as the president of Pfizer let the cat out of the bag a few weeks ago with each succeeding quote booster you increase the likelihood of the evil carditis or other clots uh, or other phenomena such as uh, semi-paralysis. I mean, Dion, Celine Dion now uh, is off tour because she developed a paralysis uh, and she can't sing and dance. So she is kind of out of business until she recovers from that, and that is probably from the vaccine. So this vaccine is the most unbenign vaccine we've yes. had in the history of vaccines. Yes, yeah. and that is to say it's downright lethal in many cases. Unfortunately, it is. All right, folks. Uh, so with regard to 
um, Ben Ray making it back. Uh, your thoughts on the cerebellum surgery and the fact that he continues to be hospitalized well after his stroke at the University of New Mexico, even as of this day, 12, 13, 14 days later after that. Uh, compound that with the fact that he's had invasive head surgery. Uh, does he make it back? Uh, I think that in the tradition of Ted Kennedy, uh, within a year of his burial, he'll still be voting in the uh, in the Senate. Uh, I mean, that's that uh, seems to be the way that class of politician works things. And in actual fact, if you look at the function of these guys in Washington, they have staffs of 20 to 50 or 60 people that really make the decisions and almost do the voting. So we are a government of bureaucracy, much like the old Russian czars had apparatchiks to run the government. We have bureaucrats to run the government, and Ben Ray will think about him, but I don't think he's actually doing much running and probably hasn't been. Anyway, just my thoughts on it. One man's opinion, it's not necessarily the truth, the whole truth. It's just one man's observation. All right, folks, you can pick up your Revitalizer and your Life Imagine at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen. Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Highland Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manol Pharmacy. You can also go to the Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso, or go direct to the website, memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or dial 800-606-0192. Yeah, Eddie, let me put you on the spot. Who do you think is going to survive to be... Um, Governor Grisham's opponent from the Republican side. Uh, Greg's in it. You think Greg's going to make it? Yeah. That's a, he would be a great governor. Well, I mean, and the reason why has a lot has more to do with, um, you know, once you get Mark Ronchetti on stage, you know, and debating uh, the issues, and it's going to be him and Greg, and, and uh, you know, maybe Rebecca will be there. I think that that'll be it. Yeah, and uh, having a weather guesser as a governor, I'm not sure that really will work out too well. But somebody who actually thinks and does something in the field of economics, we certainly need that here in New Mexico. I mean, I would have done the best out of all of them. But I agree. I'm not going to. I have no interest in running for anything. All right, history you're not supposed to know. Ah, uh, yes. Let's talk about spam. Spam comes from the Hormel Company in Austin, Minnesota. And everybody ignores it and pretends it doesn't exist. It's a six-ingredient food product that has taken on a life of its own since its formation in the late 1930s, 37, I believe. It is a square-shaped mashup of pork, water, salt, potato starch, sugar, and sodium nitrate, which everybody tries to implicate as being evil. But remember, sodium nitrate is a preservative, and if it's a preservative, how come you don't live longer if you eat a preservative? It makes sense to me. Anyway, it recently celebrated its 77th anniversary, and over that 77 years, it has been alternatingly maligned, celebrated, musicalized, and the subject of urban legend. And one pervasive myth insists that the name is 
actually an acronym for SPAM is Scientifically Processed Animal Matter. But nobody knows how the name SPAM occurred. It just occurred magically. Anyway, um, people from the World War II era, the soldiers who served, uh, remember SPAM. And uh, over 8 billion cans of Spam have been sold since 1937 introduction of the product. And Spam is available in 44 countries throughout the world. It's particularly loved in Southeast Asia where they make it part of the Oriental cuisine. It's budget friendly. And it's taken a recent upswing in the American mainland because... Under Uncle Joe, our meat costs have gone, uh, as a matter of fact, the cost of everything has gone up, Eddie. I don't know if you've noticed that. But Spam is going to make a comeback because it's an economical way to get protein and fat. In 2008, during that economic crisis, there was a 10% jump in sales, and I expect that there will be a huge increase in sales this year over next year. Now, spam fans, and there are fans, can actually go to Austin, Minnesota and tour a museum called the Spam Museum. And when you're there, you can buy T-shirts saying, I think, therefore I spam. Wouldn't that be a great T-shirt to have? I think, therefore I spam. Now, nobody is credited with creating it, but... Food historians have identified one Julius Zilgut as a uh, Hormel employee who experimented with the 12-ounce can size and eventually discovered that canning pork in a vacuum prevented the meat from sweating inside the can and that it had a durability. In other words... You could open a can of Spam 60 years later, and it'd be good to eat. And the brand, yeah, seriously, (laughs) the brand didn't, you know, it's funny. Uh, Back in 1959, I went to the Philippines, and uh, we had a little tour of a small island outside of Manila uh, called uh, Corregidor. And that's famous because that was uh, the defensive position of the Americans as the Japanese invaded the Philippines. And when we walked around, there was still live ammo hanging around. And also, we found cans of Spam. (laughs) That's funny. In the bunkers. It's an amazingly uh, bullet-ridden island. I mean, the Japanese just shelled the heck out of it. Anyway, so... Uh, the thing is, is that it has, if you're looking for end times products, get a case of Spam. Stick it there. It'll be there when uh, end times come and probably be a healthy way to feed yourself. Okay. Nutritious so, and yes. delicious. And I happen to like Spam fried. I can't think about the last time I even had Spam. Oh. Or seen a can of Spam. Folks. Oh, when I was a kid, you would fry it up and then toss in some scrambled eggs at the end, and that was a great breakfast for the weekend. I am out of memory vitalizer, so oh. I've got to go pick it up. Okay. Directly at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy, in Berlin, Duran Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy. 
Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, Village Pots here in Cedar Crest, Hair Drug in Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Doso, Addison Drug in Fort Sumner. I can also go to memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or order direct, 800 606 One more plug for neuroscience, Dr. Summers. Yeah, let's do that. Neuroscience has a study. It's finishing out. needs a few more subjects, and uh, it's testing a very active antidepressant against placebo. A uh, lot of good care in these uh, research protocols. So if you've had depression for six months to a year and seem to not be making headway, trot on over to Albuquerque Neuroscience at 101 Hospital Loop. Their telephone number is 848-3773. 848-3773. And again, if you've got some memory difficulties between the age of 50 and 87 and you've got a loved one who can help you participate and you're worried about Alzheimer's, uh, again, we've got two studies going on at Albuquerque Neuroscience that will do a complete workup with all of the latest and greatest tests, including the Tau-118 assessment, and it's a blood test to test and see if it's really Alzheimer's. So give a call, 848-3773. All right, health hacks, Dr. Summers. Uh, let's do one on hypertension. Yeah, I think this is important, and we mentioned it last week, but I want to come back and revisit it. Health, uh, the high blood pressure in medicine is called the silent killer because unlike the uh, earlier topic of sleep apnea, its first signs are lethal. Its first signs are Alzheimer's. Its first signs are heart attack, atrial fibrillation, other forms of heart arrhythmias, and kidney failure. <clears throat> and all of those are a direct result of having your vascular system under too high a pressure. And again, 20% of cardiac output goes to the brain. So it makes sense that the brain would be the first place to show a symptom, such as Alzheimer's or stroke. And 20% of your cardiac output goes to your kidney for filtering and cleaning up your blood. And so the kidney is subject, if it's under high pressure, to getting damaged and going into kidney failure and suiting you up for a dialysis machine. And of course, the heart, the pump is subject to damage when it's working against a high gradient of high blood pressure. So uh, it is really credited to the Western diet and lifestyle. And, uh, you know, as we get older, we need to check because there are no other symptoms. It, you don't get a headache if you get a high blood pressure necessarily. You just kind of you know, plot along. So, folks, run down to your local drugstore today, over the weekend. And uh, if they have a blood pressure cuff, suit into it and check it out. Don't wait until you go to your doctor and let him discover it, because then you've already damaged kidneys, brain, and heart. Now, we do know that blood pressure tends to rise with aging, but we want to keep the systolic, that's the high number of blood pressure, under 135. And by the old standards, we want to keep the diastolic, the lower number, under 90. 
Now, recently, uh, the American Heart Association uh, changed those values uh, downward, meaning almost all of us must have high blood pressure. Uh, I presume they did that at the behest of the uh, pharmaceutical industry. But I think that standard of trying to keep your blood pressure less than 135 in the systolic and less than 90 uh, will give you uh, an ability to live to 90 or so. But outside of those parameters, you are making yourself subject to suddenly waking up with a stroke or a heart attack. Wrap it up. Yeah, and it's, it's a very serious business. And if you, you don't have a blood pressure cuff in your house, they're fairly inexpensive. And they'll save you trips, expensive trips to the urgent care. So get one and keep some spare batteries, fresh batteries, so that your blood pressure cuff machine is accurate. And if it's high, go see your primary care uh, person and get that thing treated. It's, we have great drugs to treat it these days. But when I started medicine back in the uh, Middle Ages, uh, we virtually had uh, one or two medicines, and our treatments weren't all that helpful. But back in those days, we'd have whole wards of the hospitals devoted to stroke. Today, uh, stroke happens. It's a fairly frequent uh, problem, but nothing like 20 or 30 years ago. Now, the treatment starts with, you know, uh, healthy habits such as walking, exercising, your cardiovascular system, getting control of your diet, and uh, trying to do like Eddie's done and Get a little bit of weight loss going for you. And then the first-line medicine is a thiazide diuretic. Now, it isn't a very good, uh, shall we say, pee pill. It doesn't really give you uh, more trips to the bathroom. It just releases a little more salt with each trip. And the other thing it does is the thiazide diuretics, hydrochlorothiazide being the most popular, Um, It sort of loosens up the peripheral vascular system, so there's a little more flexibility in in your system, and that lowers the blood pressure. After that, you have calcium channel blockers like amylodipine or Norvasc. Then the angiotensin converting inhibitors or ACE inhibitors that include uh, lisinopril and uh, Vasotec and others, and the more sophisticated ARBs, angiotensin receptor blockers such as Vilsartan or Diavan or Benicar. Uh, those are great drugs, incidentally, and they uh, really give some uh, substantial relief to the pressure on the heart. And then you've got beta blockers. Most frequently used is atenolol or tenormin. I happen to prefer propranolol for uh, uh, reasons that it does cross blood-brain barrier and helps things there. Anyway, high blood pressure, a big issue. It's one that you should be aware of in your home. If you haven't checked your blood pressure in the last month, and if you don't have a blood pressure cuff in your house, get one and check your blood pressure, especially if you're over the age of 35, because that's when high blood pressure begins to show its mark. And the earlier you treat it, the better the outcome, folks. Anyway, our purpose here is, of course, to educate and empower you, the listener. And we pray that the information we give you 
helps you stay healthy. So that's it for high blood pressure. Now, of course, there are two types, essential, which uh, essential hypertension means we docs don't know what the cause is. We suspect it has something to do with the renin-angiotensin system in the uh, kidney. Secondary high blood pressure actually comes from some rather rare diseases, such as Cushing syndrome, Kahn syndrome, uh, but it can also occur with uh, hyperthyroidism. It can also occur with pheochromocytoma, one of the uh, famous uh, tumors that uh, creates blood pressure issues. And, of course, we go back then to sleep apnea as a cause of high blood pressure. At least that's a suspicion. I don't know how that works. But uh, it all seems to dovetail together. Well, thank you for uh, listening, and uh, we always appreciate your comments. We appreciate your participating with us each week in this adventure to try to get you to the best possible health. All right, thanks a lot. Filling in real quick for Eddie Aragon here this morning. And uh, once again, we've got, we had uh, Dr. Summers with some information that you're probably not going to hear anywhere else unless you go really looking for it, but you can find it always here every Saturday on the Kiva, 1600 AM. Absolutely, Eric, and happy Valentine's to everybody. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. Give your lover a quick kiss. There you go. All right. Stay tuned next on this Saturday for Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria.